keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and so much more. And maybe you've wondered what it takes to truly master the art of email marketing. Maybe you're curious about the strategies that propel an email list to new heights, or maybe you want to transform your communication into a tool for growth. If that's something that has crossed your mind, then we've got a great episode for you today. We're excited to welcome a guest who has navigated these waters with great, great skill. He is an expert in craft compelling email campaigns and growing vibrant online communities. In fact, his powwow's Facebook page just crossed over a million followers. Paul Gowder will be unveiling his strategies and his invaluable tips for email marketing success. So sit back, clear your schedule, clear your mind, and get ready for this week's episode of Social Media News Live. Paul, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm great. It's a it's a great day. I'm really excited for 2024. And uh, I do a lot with email myself, but 2024, I am doubling down and, and really focusing even more on email. It's, it's going to be so important this year. I don't know how you could do that because you have killed <laughs> it on email. So if you don't know Paul, let me introduce you to him. Paul Gowder is the owner and founders of powwows.com, which has been the leading online community celebrating Native American culture for the past 25 years. He's visited hundreds of powwows across North America, and he's been able to capture those events and publish them to millions of viewers on his website and YouTube channel. And having experienced the trials and tribulations of running a successful online community for the past 25 years, Paul helps other other entrepreneurs navigate the success and pitfalls of building an online business through his public speaking and consulting services. You can find out more about Paul at paulgowder.com. In fact, I remember when we were at Momentum, Paul, that you were still working like a day job. Like, <laughs> and you like this, you have gone full time, like, was it the past two years? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. This is year two, I think. Wow, that is amazing. So um, before we jump into it, I want to do a shout out to our sponsor, Ecamm. They are what makes this uh, show possible. You can find out more about them at socialmedialive.com forward slash Ecamm. I don't know why my lower third's weird there, but we'll fix that later. Um, but find out more about them, socialmedialive.com, Ecamm. Once, I, once again, I said that um, they're going to be there with us at the PodFest meetup that's sponsored by Ecamm and Mediavine. You guys need to go check it out because it's going to be so much fun. You get to hang out with me and Paul and Ecamm and talk, shop, ride some rides, eat some foods. It's going to be amazing. Jeffc.com forward slash podfest meetup. So let's dive into starting email marketing because I want to talk about because a lot of people, uh, you know, they say build your list, build your list. It's, you know, that's the only thing you own. And, and, and people really don't get like where to get started. I remember I was lucky enough when I first started way back in the Google plus mainly Pinterest tips days that somebody told me like, and so I just made a call to action at the end of my podcast. It's like, sign up for my newsletter. And I did it and I'm glad I did, but I really didn't do anything for it. So as someone with all this experience in community building, Paul, what's the fundamental first steps you would recommend to someone who's just starting with email marketing? Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things that everybody knows they should be doing, but it, I think a lot of people are scared to take that first step. So I would say that one of the first things you want to do is, is what, just what you did, right? Ask for people's emails. 
even if you don't have your back end set up, don't worry about all that stuff. Maybe just create an e a, a spreadsheet or a simple form on your website, but make sure you're asking for email in, in everything you do, whether you're writing an article on your website or publishing a podcast or an Instagram reel, give a, give people a way to send them, send you their email. That's so important. Just start building it now. And we'll, you can figure out the rest later. But then the, the first thing, once you start asking for email, I think another place that people get bogged down is worrying about what they're going to send and, and feeling the pressure of having to send out this, you know, in email with all this value in it every mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think you need to take a step back and don't worry about the broadcast messages. You know, those are the ones you send out weekly, you know, whatever focus really on building your first, um, series of emails it, in email marketing there are things called drip campaigns or sequences or whatever this it's just an, an automated series of emails i think that's the most important place to start mm. build out and, and the first sequence you need to build is those first five points really or you know three to five points of what your business is write a simple email campaign of here's who i am you know maybe the second one is um my background maybe the third one is um something I'm really good at or, or something my business does that nobody else does. Um, and then, you know, in that, just kind of go through your business, why you're different, what makes you special, why people need to, you know, use your services, whatever it is, just write that, let that be the first thing that people kind of get when they get on your email list. And then you can worry about the rest of the stuff later. But I think that's really the main thing is just build a simple email sequence that's going to get, give everybody the same experience when you onboard them into your community give everybody that same, Hey, it's your elevator pitch, right? Just write mm -hmm. out your elevator pitch in three to five emails. So that's really interesting because, um, I, I, you know, I, we were testing this contest that we're doing. If you go to jeffc.com forward slash podfest meetup that right underneath the sign up button, there's a contest that we're running to give away this free Disney ticket. The, the thing, cause I did it with one of my kind of throwaway email accounts and I got into your sequence. Yes. I think that's how it is. And so, and it was like talking about who you are. And I did it wrong. Like when I first started, I was told like, do a newsletter like once a week. Um, and I'm really fascinated about these sequences. Like for this initial sequence, if you're just starting out, how, and you mentioned telling people about, you know, who you are, what you offer your services, how many, how long does that go? And then at the end, what do you do? Because I think that's what a lot of people get confused about. Like, okay, how many, like, is it three, three emails? Is it like a week long series? Like how long should the, and in depth should this be? And then what, what, what do I do when I'm done? Right. And I think it depends, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know a guest on your show recently, that, that was her answer for a lot of things. It depends. Right. Exactly. It does. You know, I, it depends on where you are in your business, really. I mean, if you have let's use a Lou Mangello. We, we're all friends right. with Lou, right? Let's take him, you know, he's got his podcast, his website, his, um, his group cruises, his uh, coaching his, in momentum. So that would maybe be a, a five, six, maybe even eight email series. Cause he's got so much to offer. Mm. If you're a little newer and maybe you just have a podcast and, um, a coaching service that you do, maybe yours is shorter. Maybe it's only three or four emails, but just go through, you know, here is what, who I am. Here's the service I offer. And I, in these, I try to keep these emails somewhat short, uh, maybe one link, if any link at all. Um, you know, if it's, if you're doing a, the first one is, is, you know, here's who I am and here's, you know, kind of my background, maybe you link to something on your website that gives a more in-depth bio. Um, but these, these are short emails. You just want people to kind of know who you are and get that, um, 
that welcoming feeling. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of them, I think that's where you make your call to action, right? Um, so if you're wanting somebody to buy a course or, um, you know, purchase a, a jab, jab, punch. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what just keep giving them value, giving them value. And then at the end, you then you make your ask. But this sequence is not really about, you know, funneling people into a sale. It's just getting them into your ecosystem and knowing what to expect from you. So one of the questions that I wanted to kind of go into after that is that, um, let's say for Jeff C like they come into social media news live. I say, Hey, go sign up for this. And so I tell them who I am, what the service I have. And I'm kind of like Lou, I have a lot of podcasting and you know, all that stuff. And then do I say, Hey, do I give them like a, I've seen other email people do this. Like here's a button for you to be notified every time we have a new episode of social media news live. Is that what you would do at the end of a sequence? Say like for my, my brand or I'm, I'm cause I think a lot of people I still think are confused about, okay, what's my, what's my call to action even at the right. end of my, my sequence. If I'm, if I'm a florist and I'm trying to build my email list because I want to push them my Valentine's day special or whatever, how do I do that at the end of the sequence? So for you, what I would say is in your series of emails, you're going to talk about social media news live mm -hmm. and you're going to explain what the show is, how often you go live, maybe even given a couple examples of past guests. And in that email, I would say, hey, if you want to know about if you you know keep up to date with when we're live, who the next guest is. Yeah. Give them a call. To, give them a link. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is, and what and this is what I would recommend doing is with, with most email software, what MailChimp, ConvertKit, whatever you're using, right. you can then if they click that link, put them in another sequence that they right. then start getting those emails. So this is where you can start using. Um, so like for powwows.com, I have a series called what to expect at your first powwow. And so in, if you get into one of my sequences, maybe it's just the about powwows.com sequence when we're just going through, here's who we are, here's you know kind of where we came from. Somewhere in there, they're gonna get a message that says, hey, are you new to powwows? Are you, do you, have you never been before? Or you're curious about all this? If you you know, if you want to know more, click here and that will put them in that other sequence and kind of give them that information. So you can use this also to kind of start funneling people out into different areas mm. of your business. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes total sense. We And so we have uh, my friend Pat Mills is saying, love this first tip. So uh, she is uh, she is a social media uh, expert as well. So and our friend Dustin Stout is waving. Hello. Um, <laughs> what? So back to kind of the beginning thing. Um, how important is it to understand who your audience is when you're crafting your first email campaign? Because a lot of people first start and a lot of them are small businesses or they're marketers or they're social media managers. And everybody wants to go, I'm every, I want it. I want all the business. Like I'm not picky, give it all to me. So how do you, how important is it to understand your audience and how do you drill down and figure that out? I think it's really important, but it doesn't mean that you can't start. Uh, if you build this first sequence of kind of the about you, um, ask some questions in that one, get some audio, you know, reader feedback and use that to kind of help you dig into your audience. If you're still not sure of kind of where your niches are or what your different segments of your audience are, you, you can use this first email to ask questions and get and see what people do and how they respond and which e which links they click on and where they go from there. And you can kind of build that. But, you know, 
sequences to me are, are really the the key broadcast messages are great but sequences are really i think where the value of email is and the more you know about your audience and the more you learn about them the more sequences you can build and it's the more value that you're going to be able to provide um, when you are able to craft a sequence that really resonates with a particular group of your audience they're going to find that very valuable and they're going to want to read those emails they're going to engage with it better and i think that's huge but you do have to get to know your audience first so i'm almost scared to ask but how many sequences do you have set up for uh, here <laughs> i honestly don't know it's it's a lot yeah. um and like even you know uh if, if you see me talk before I, I always talk about giveaways and i love giveaways and like you said you just entered the giveaway every giveaway i have there's even if it's a two email sequence or one email sequence i always build a sequence for my giveaways again just so that people know what to expect from what they entered and then from there then you know i can funnel them into other sequences too but yeah i have a lot I have, yeah. I have, yeah. so <laughs> i knew you did because i think you've told me the number for at one of your one of your talks um what how often do you go back and change up the sequence or refresh it or look at it i mean i'm sure you have ones that are like these are my golden sequences because they always perform well do you do you go back and tweak those like once a year, once every six months? How often are you going back and looking at what's working and making adjustments? Yeah, that's. I think that's really important to to you know set a task in your in your task list to mm -hmm. make sure that you are reviewing these. And it depends on the sequence. So, one of my best performing sequences is just hey, here's an article that we did might be three years old and I think you might like it and here's why and here's a link to the article that one we redo every December and I go back and find what the best post performing posts were the last year and we redo that whole sequence so it's it's uh usually it's about 60 emails you know it's even it's longer than a year we send it out once a week so that one we do redo once a year some of the other ones I'll redo you know once or twice a year um, I'm actually going through I, yesterday. I went through two sequences and I kind of did their annual renew uh, annual, you know, kind of right. look at them. Um, it, it depends on the sequence. You know, some of these can sit for a while. They're OK. One, um, especially your general ones, you may want to just go back once a year or so. But some of these others that are um, really specific, I, I've reviewed them probably once or twice um, a year or more. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know that and I like your idea about setting a task to go back and go, Hey, by the way, you need to go look at this and double yeah. check it. And, you know, and, you know, like I know some people do like the black Friday sales or, or whatever. Right. And so that would be a good one to always check, you know, a couple months before Christmas. Um, Dustin says he goes perfect timing for this. I've been meaning to get my email sequencing for Magi. You could ask Magi to actually help you do that. And that's what I have been doing. I've been starting to do uh, some using uh, some of those things to help me figure out my audience and also to uh, write some things as an email sequence. So um, it, Dustin asks the audio. I, there's some connection issue. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, it's it's probably on. Uh, we'll just um, we'll just see what's going on. Okay. <laughs> So I don't think it's Jungle Book. I think it's the Disney 100, Gary. Yeah, so, but I'm glad. Good. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. And Robin um, Hood. I love Robin Hood. So that's cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, my daughter actually has that as a ringtone. Um, the the rooster song. Um, what? <laughs> I'm thinking Disney stuff. The, the fun <laughs> thing is um, I want to talk about is the tools that work. And, and I know as you grow, 
um, the tools grow with you because a lot of times you have, a, you know, you have to pay for X amount of subscribers. And then as your list goes up, it's important to call your list because you want to be paying for people who are actually reading your emails. Right. But let's take it from this beginning section, like starting email marketing. What are some tools that you would recommend for, for people who are just starting out or wanting to like take their email to the next level? A lot of people, and I started with MailChimp. I think that's a really easy platform for most people to get into. I'm now on ConvertKit, and it's if you're if you're planning on building sequences and doing that kind of work, it might be a better place to start, even though it probably has a little bit higher price point. Um, MailChimp is really user friendly, and and kind of is easy to get into. So those are probably the two places I would start. Is is find you know a good email provider. Uh, there's some other ones out there that people are, are raving about. Um, Flowdesk, I know is getting a lot of attention. Um, but the MailChimp and ConvertKit are probably the two that I have the most experience with. Mm-hmm. I like those. Um, and then another one, if you are running, uh, I know a lot of us out there have Facebook groups. One of the first tools I would get if you're if you have a Facebook group and you're planning on using a Facebook group is uh, a, a tool called um, group leads mm-hmm. and that allows you to um, when you ask questions of your facebook group when for membership you know you can have the three questions that people right. have to answer to join your group one of those questions can be what's your email and then group leads will actually take those and pull them in right into your email pro- platform so those those are two that i would start with um yeah. So that's, that's really yeah. interesting that you said that because being that you have a Facebook group that has over a million uh, followers, that yeah. can be really important because when you have a group that size, that's really scary because Facebook giveth and Facebook can taketh away. And yes. so having that in place from the beginning, it's kind of like your backup plan. Wouldn't you say that Paul? For sure. These algorithms, you know, you can't depend on Google's SEO either. I mean, um, I've been hit with this helpful content update. Probably lots of you out there have been hit with it too. You never know whether it's Facebook, Google, any of these, what their algorithms are going to do and you go up and down. So that's why whatever you're doing, put, put an email subscribe box on everything and collect emails from as many different places as you can. That yeah, that's my backup plan is keeping those emails. So one of the things um, I wanted to talk about when we talk about tools, because I am a big fan of what you said before, you know, MailChimp and ConvertKit. I'm actually using ConvertKit as well. I, I switched over them to many, many years ago. And both of those have free platforms. Like you can, right. like if you're getting started, you can set up and not have to pay anything up to like, I think it's usually a thousand subscribers. I think it's for ConvertKit right. and maybe the same thing for MailChimp. So you start out and then you can scale as you grow um, and not be really out a lot of money, but you can still have all the tools that these really powerful platforms use. And hopefully as you grow, you can start affording more of these tools. So both of those are, are really good. So I just wanted to point that out to people. Um, are there any like common misperceptions that you can think about, about email marketing that new marketers should be kind of aware of some people who are just starting? And let me go back. I do remember one other tool I want to mention. Uh, ConvertBox is really is the other tool mm-hmm. that I use all the time. That's the will let you put um, a pop up subscribe box or embed it in your content. It, it will help you place email subscribe boxes all over your website. Uh, but a common misconception, I think, and, and I did this for a long time, and I think that's when you're sending out your broadcast messages. So many people are using their broadcast messages as I mean, really, it's people are just shouting out. You're just yelling at your audience. Mm-hmm. And I think it is so important to use your your sequences, your broadcast, whatever. I think it is really important to think of email 
as part of your community, even though it's a, you know, kind of you talking to them mainly, it they are still part of your community and you've got to treat your email subscribers like they are part of your community. And by doing that, I don't mean just, and I tell people this all the time, my emails used to look like a Sunday sales paper. It used to be just flashy, <laughs> right. flashy, you know, graphics and all this stuff. And, and I felt like I really, I was just shouting at people and when I changed over and made it text-based and I talked directly to them, I put I put my name in the email and said, you know, this is written by me. And I I use first person, you know, and I talk directly to them. I think that's a common misconception is making your emails sound like they're coming from the brand or some third party. Your email is you talking to your audience and use it that way. Mm, that is great. That is great stuff. And so, by the way, make sure you guys go to paulgowder.com, sign up for his stuff so you can see what he's talking about with his sequences, because he does do a really good job. One of the things that I wanted to ask, what if you have been <clears throat> uh, one of those people who just shout out, um, it's like uh, a blast, like you've been doing it that way for years and you want to start making sequences. Is there a way to kind of reinvent the wheel? I mean, if you already have a, a kind of a bulk amount of people. Let's say you've, you've reached that limit of a thousand subscribers on ConvertKit, but you want to move those from a broadcast kind of strategy to a sequence strategy. Is there a way you can do that easily? How would you do that if you've been doing it wrong this entire time? I'm asking yeah. for a friend. Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. Um, ConvertKit has tools where you can you can take who you already have in your email list and move them around into sequences. But the other thing is in your next broadcast message, say say we're going to go back to the example where um, you want to ask people if they want to be updated each week about the show, mm -hmm. send that in a broadcast message in convert kit. The, the term is called link trigger. And so if somebody clicked on that, then you could, then it would automatically put them in a sequence to get the emails every week that you're going to send out about your, your live show. Okay. So that just use your broadcast and ask people, Hey, you want to, do you want more information about X? And then you can use the automated tools in the, in whatever email platform you're using to put them in those sequences. Gotcha. That's see, this is why I love the show. It's free consulting folks have your own show and ask your <laughs> consulting questions. Um, so what is a strategy that had worked well for you when you began growing your email list at powwows.com? Was there something that you went, okay, this makes sense. I'm going to do more of it. And you have just kind of refined it over the years. Uh, a couple of things. One is asking for email, um, in, in every place you can. I, I, several months ago, I, I audited uh, several folks' websites. And what I found every time I looked at a, you know, an article on somebody's website, they put all this time into crafting this great blog post and made it so pretty and had the perfect SEO structure. And nowhere on that page did they ask for an email. So that's really important mm. is, is do that. But then giveaways have been a huge part of powerhouse.com's email growth. Um, the way we do them at powers.com by, you know, making giveaways that my readers really love and they share it with their friends. We offer prizes that my readers would want, not necessarily the general public. And that has really helped grow it a lot. Um, but also making, um, a, another really important one is using landing pages. And so by landing page, I mean, making a, a page on your website that has nothing on it except a subscribe box. You know, you have a little bit of text to say what the landing page is about and a simple subscribe box. And so, for example, if I'm on a, if I'm on a live show um, or a podcast mm -hmm. or something, and I want to tell people they can find out about a powwow near them, I tell them, hey, just go to powwows.com slash powwows near me. 
And that takes them to a landing page. And if they subscribe there, they're going to get the powwow calendar sent to them. You, you, you can make these simple landing pages and then make um, easy URLs to be able to tell people. But it's a great way, whether, however you get the traffic to those landing pages, is it's one simple call to action and you get them in that sequence that you need them to be. Mm, that is a great, that's a great um, idea. So um, I guess I'm going to have to start doing all this stuff. And, and Dustin was saying, you know, he goes, that's one of the advantage of being a scrappy startup, being able to write emails to your customers as yourself. And Gary says, uh, Arnand Senwal signs off his uh, CB Insights emails with I love you. He says a super personal approach. Uh, great newsletter, by the way. And our friend uh, Lou Mangello, like he always talks, he always does it at his podcast and also his um you know, his emails, I believe is like, Hey friend, like he, he doesn't make it friends. He makes it. So it's yes. really talking to just one person, the person who's reading it or listening to it, which I think is really, really genius. So uh, that's really cool. And, and and on your giveaways, I wanted to point out, like, you're not always just giving away like a, an iPad or something like that. Right. A lot of times you, you told me you had so many subscribers that were, you were just sending stickers out. Is that yes. right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I love this giveaway I just did. I, I, I need to sit down and kind of write it out, make an, an article and a blog post about it because I didn't expect it to work as well as it did. So let me, t I'll tell you what I did. Over New Year's, the New Year's holiday. So it was New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and the day after. So it was a three-day giveaway. I used a piece of software called Viral Sweep, which allowed me to kind of build a giveaway where people could spin a, a wheel and they would find out instantly if they won it's really cool because you can go in and, and add multiple prizes. You can, and then you can say, Hey, I have 10 of these prizes, 20 of these prizes, and it'll take care of awarding all of those. So I did that and I did it with all stickers. That's all we gave away was really just stickers. And I had, uh, I think I gained 800 new subscribers in those three days. And so it was a way for me to put it in my Facebook groups on my Facebook page and get people over to our email list that weren't on there before. And people were sharing it with their friends. So like, here's two of the stickers and I, I use sticker mule for, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to focus folk. There it is. And so all the time sticker mule is running these specials where, you know, you can order 50 stickers for 20 bucks or whatever. And that's so every time they run a special, I order a stack of stickers that I use in these giveaways. And then it's just a first class stamp to mail the sticker out. Unfortunately, mm. my daughter was home during this, so she took <laughs> care of it. I, I think, you know, I think she sent out 500 packages. It was crazy. Um, but it, it worked so well and it's so, it was so easy to do. You know, it, you, anybody can go and order 50 stickers from, from Sticker Mule or wherever you want right. to get them and then just run a simple giveaway, promote it on your Facebook page, get those folks over to your email list. It's, you know, it's so, it was so easy. And I never thought that, cause usually we're giving away and I, I don't have one next to me, but usually we're giving away wool blankets right. that are expensive prizes. These are, you know, sometimes $400 blankets and we get lots of entries and lots of people that enter this. I never thought that I would have this kind of response to just giving away stickers, but people loved it. Yeah. That is, I, I think that is amazing. In fact, um, Amy Keys goes, that's a lot of stickers, but you think about the price. Uh, I mean, uh, the amount that you could do, um, like I, I think an email is worth what? $3 is what they're saying now, something like right. that. And the stickers were not much with postage. I mean, that was a genius exactly. campaign and right. people wanted it. And when you set this up in the software, you can say how many prizes you want to give away. I'd been stocking up for a while. So mm -hmm. I had 
hundreds to give away, but you can do it with just 50 stickers, right? You could do it with 20 stickers. It, it, you don't have to go crazy like I did, but mm-hmm. it's really simple to do. The software is great. And, uh, and, and the other cool part about this is so they spin the wheel they, and they can only spin the wheel once they give you their email address. And then if they want to spin it again, they have to complete other tasks. So that's when you can have them go to a website, visit your services page, whatever it is, they have to complete these other tasks and then they get more spins. That's cool. That is really So what is the, what's did you mention the software you're using to do that with? ViralSweep.com is what I use. There's a couple others, but um, ViralSweep has this, it's, it's called their instant win game and it's really cool. People just love sitting there spinning that wheel. So by the way, if you want to see a viral sweep campaign with kind of those tasks that you can do, you can also go to jeffc.com forward slash podfest meetup and see it's right underneath the sign up button. I just loaded it today on the website. So you go there, you can see how that kind of works and how if you add different entries, Ecamm did this for their holiday giveaway not very long ago as well, something like that. So it's very, very effective. I actually used something like it when I way back in the time of dinosaurs where um, I used, I started a podcast and I used it and I got a lot of people giving me ratings and reviews because that was one of the tasks that I gave them to do. So um, check it out. And I think it's genius what Paul has done. He's, he has been preaching giveaways as long as I've known him. So um, he knows how to do it and how it's effective. And he's kind of got the million page Facebook, you know, to show it, show that it works. So uh, take uh, that as you may. So let's go into the next section. We're going to be talking about um, email strategies and tools because Paul, you have grown one of the, like, this huge online community on Facebook, over a million followers. How can email marketers effectively use community building strategies to grow their lists? Because everything, you know, that was one of the reasons I was attracted to momentum and you were speaking there and, you know, lose stuff. It's all built around community. And what you said earlier about thinking of your email as a community too. So what are some strategies that you specifically attached uh, with community building to your, your email list? You know, you mentioned earlier that people sometimes don't know what their call to action is. I think in the beginning, your call to action should always be subscribed to my newsletter. And from there, you can you can figure the rest out. Right. And I think that's that's what you got to be doing, especially in the beginning, whether it's if you're building a Facebook group, a podcast or a Facebook page um, or just posting Instagram stories. um, Julie, that you've had on the show before, she does Mm -hmm. amazing uh, uh, content on her Facebook stories and if you look at her stuff, a lot of the times her call to action in those stories are go get on my email list. And so that's just, it just has to become part of what you do. It is, it is very difficult. So if like for podcasting, it was cool to hear you talk about, you know, that was one of the things you used in your early on to build your podcast. It's very hard to get a listener to come to your website without some kind of, you know, incentive. So using a giveaway or something else to get them from a listener over to your website and then give you their email address. That's, you know, that's kind of where I would focus is figuring out how you get these folks off of these other platforms onto your email list. Don't worry about, you know, converting them to, to customers or buying, get them on your email list in the beginning. That's the most important part. And then treat them like they're part of community, give them valuable information, talk directly to them, like I said before, and that's where it'll really start growing. Mm, that's great. And one of the things I did love about the viral sweep thing is that even to do anything, you had to give the email address. Like that's before you can go further and do anything, you have to do that. Uh, And so that's really good. And you also mentioned, um, if you're driving people to like, let's say you have a podcast episode on your blog where you have embedded the the thing in the the video or whatever, you also mentioned having pop-ups 
um, or yeah. like things where they could download your free ebook about whatever, or so talk about that tool really quick. Yeah. So ConvertBox is one of the tools I use for that. And it allows me to do things like, uh, you know, I was talking about how I segment my list and maybe you're a first time powwow visitor. So it allows me to put a, a pop-up box um, on pages that I feel like are probably the places that first time visitors are going to go. So I can kind of deliver them the right pop-up as opposed to like, also have some pages on how to trace your ancestry. You know, if you want to know more about your, your family background. So on those pages, I have another pop-up that will put you in our sequence about tracing your family history. So it, it's a really cool tool and it, it, it works with WordPress. So if you're on a WordPress, you know, it, it can, you can do it based on pages, categories, tags, all that kind of stuff. It's really cool. The other thing I would say is as far as growing your list, another tool I recommend is Mediavine has a new tool called grow. And it, um, I've talked about this before, but it, it has a, what they call spotlight subscribe. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a, a, a newsletter subscribe box in the middle of your content. And as a reader scrolls past it, it highlights the box, fades the rest of it out and kind of like forces the reader to see that it's an email subscribe box. And that's a free program that um, anybody can use over at grow with Mediavine. That's awesome. Yeah. You've told me about that and I have yet to put that on there now reminding me to do that. So, um, so we talked about growing your followers. So that's, I mean, that's the first metric like you, you kind of look at is okay. Growing your followers. Uh, but Cassie brought up this great question. I mean, this comment, she goes, yes, for my clients focusing on email, they convert 10 times on email versus social or, or something else. So that is really cool that, you know, this is important. Like this stuff works, but how do we measure it other than just like, okay, I got a new subscriber, which is the first metric that I'm sure everybody's looking at. What other metrics should we be tracking and looking at when we are starting to run these campaigns and these drip campaigns to make sure what we're doing is worth the time that we're putting into it? If you're new to email marketing, I think the first metric should be how many people are replying. And Mm. if you are building a sequence, we go back to this welcome sequence I talked about. If you're building that correctly and you're engaging with them and asking them questions and, and wanting feedback from them, if, you, if people are replying to that and you're able to start conversations with individuals, then, then you know it's working. If, you're, if, you, you know, if you've got 50 people that subscribe to your list and they've, they've all gone through your welcome sequence and you, it's crickets, <laughs> we might want to go back and rewrite some things, right? You, you got to know that they're, that's the first thing is, are they replying? And then, then once you, you know, have enough people coming through, we want to look at open rates. We want to look at click-through rates. You know, want to make sure that um, your open rate is staying pretty high, that people are actually reading your emails. Um, if your open rate starts dropping, then it might be ending up in spam folders and there's, there's things we can do there. But yeah, the first thing is, are people actually replying to you? Mm, that's a great point. So on that note of replying to you, on each of your e- emails in that sequence, do you have like a question that you're asking to get them to reply? Is that how you're structuring that, those sequences? Cause a lot of people will just throw stuff out and say, well, no one's replying to me, but they never asked a question or asked yeah. for a response. I uh, like the, what to expect at your first power. The first email I send, it ends with a, Hey, what are you most excited about? Are you looking forward to seeing the dancing, the food, the crafts? What is it? What are you excited about? And I get, you know, a dozen emails a week or so from people replying to that. And so much fun because then I can then I can send them more information. We can talk more. um, And then, you know, you really have an engaged reader. Yes, I am. I'm asking them questions directly. I'm not, you know, hoping they're going to read it and reply to me because they liked it. I'm asking them direct questions. 
That's great. So do you ever get overwhelmed with responses? I figure like with a, a million yeah. thing and like, do you have canned responses that you send people or do you like, like answer everyone like personally? Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I do use some automated tools. I, um, I'm on Mac, so I use a, a little uh, tool called Text Expander. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It lets me have some canned responses. But usually it's the basis. It's the, the base of the response, right? So then I can go and customize it. So um, one of the questions I get all the time, and this is not just from my emails I send out, but people just emailing me, I, I, I probably get you know 10 of these a day is, hey, I'm from New Jersey. Is there a powwow near me? And so I have a canned response that will right. help them, but then I can kind of customize it and say, by the way, in your state, you may want to go look at the powwows here, here, and here, that, that kind of thing. Right. But I have a base and yeah, they can be overwhelming, especially, you know, if, if you get, if you have a giveaway or something that really takes off, you can get overwhelmed. So use, use canned responses as your base, just like, you know, AI, it is, you're not using it to replace everything you're doing. You're still going it's a to, tool. Yeah. it's just a tool. You're going to you put your voice in with it. Very, very cool. So, um, you've mentioned a couple of uh, different campaigns and examples, but do you have one, like a particular, a particularly successful email campaign that you've run and like are really proud of? And can you tell us like kind of, you know, what made that so ex- effective? Yeah. So I'll go back to the first one. That's easy. Anybody, if you've been writing articles or writing doing a podcast for more than, you know, five weeks, then do some kind of throwback Thursday find, you know, create a sequence that will expose all your past content. I think that's a really easy one. I love um, every Friday morning, checking my Mediavine stats to see, you know, our, our ad revenue. And every Friday we see a little bump from our Thursday revenue because that email went out. That's an easy one. And that one's really good to create. Another one that I'm, I'm proud of, we do this every year is in November with Native American Heritage Month. Um, I create an email series and, and a whole challenge giveaway around it called Explore Native. And in that sequence, I'm challenging my readers to dig a little deeper into Native culture, whether it's reading something on powwows.com or going and watching a YouTube video, going to some other website. I send them all over the place in that series of emails. And this year, I think the email series was, I think it was 60 emails. So we ran it from the middle of October to the middle of December. Um, that one takes a lot of work and I, I, I work on that for weeks leading up to it. Um, but that one I'm so proud of because the people who go through that, I get responses from them all the time about, oh my gosh, it's so great. Thank you for sending us this. And and in that sequence, you know, going back to, do I ask them questions? In that sequence, I'll, I'll have an email maybe, you know, 15 days in that says, hey, Today, I'm not really going to challenge you to do anything, but I just want you to tell me, what have you learned so far? What's been your favorite thing you've read? And it's really, those are really cool because, you know, kind of takes a break. They don't have to do something mm-hmm. that day. And you, again, you get that feedback from them. Um, and it's, people are still going through that sequence, even though our contest is over, our, our challenge is over. And so I'm still getting emails every day about, hey, here's what I learned. And so it's really cool to see that. That's awesome. That's awesome. By the way, something else that's really awesome is our pals over at Ecamm. And I don't know why my my little theater is not there. Anyway, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They're what make this show possible. And um, they're also going to be with us at our PodFest meetup. So make sure to go check them out, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. But come meet them in real life at, at uh, Hollywood Studios. Doc Rock is 
a hoot and katie is amazing as always so if you guys want to check out uh, paul and i and pick our brains for a little bit as we um eat a dole whip or whatever we decide to have there at disney uh and we're gonna i think we're gonna eat lunch at docking base seven which is right in the middle of galaxy's edge you can find out more about that at jeffc.com forward slash pod meet up all right so let's go on to our next little section here um that we'll be talking about is um the pitfalls and best practices. We've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I kind of wanted to go into what are some of the the biggest pitfalls that you've encountered and maybe some mistakes that you've done, Paul, and, and what we can do not to make those same mistakes. Yeah, I've talked about a couple of, you know, sending out these um, shouting emails. But another question I get asked all the time as far as best practices is how often should I send an email? And I think, and this, here I'm talking about really broadcast messages, the ones that you're not in a sequence that you're sending out to your entire list. For those, and you can easily overwhelm your audience, but I think you can send out, you can send multiples a week as long as you're adding value. When you start sending out emails that aren't valuable, your readers are going to let you know whether it's unsubscribes your open rate drops, or in my case, uh, I made a mistake last week and I scheduled three emails on the same day. Not, I just didn't, <laughs> I wrote them at three different days and I didn't realize I scheduled them all on the same day. I heard about it, right? They let me know. Um, <laughs> they, they were, there were a lot of people not happy. And then one, I messed up and had to send a correction and God, it was, it was a bad day. Um, but so that's one of the things is you can, you can send multiples a week if you have value. Um, I, I've kind of created a schedule. So during normal times, you know, we have an email that goes out on Tuesdays. We have the throwback Thursday. And then uh, Friday, I, I reserve for kind of special announcements, whether it's a when we were putting a T-shirt on sale or like today, we're going to be live streaming from a powwow in um, California. So we, today we'll be sending out a broadcast message about that and how you can watch it. So uh, that's best practices, I think, you know, figure out what you're, where you add value and send more than one a week. Don't, don't think you can only send one a week. All right. You, you mm -hmm. can send more as long as your people are enjoying it and you're reading it, just watch, watch your open rates, listen to them and then go from there. Um, other pitfalls, you know, it's, um, is be careful what you're sending in these emails, you know, make sure that people are going to read it. And this is where I think it's so important that you do engage them as as they're part of your community and you're talking to them. You don't want to if your open rates start dropping, Google, Gmail and other places are going to know that your open rates and people aren't opening the email and you're going to start ending up in the spam folder or in Gmail, the promotions tab. You got to really make sure that your audience is reading your emails, hopefully clicking on something so that you keep that engagement rate up. Mm. So. On, you know, you're talking about like maintaining authenticity and having this personal touch, which you do with your emails uh, and your sequences. One of the things, and you and I kind of talked about this a little bit the other day, was I've seen, I've seen a lot of people, especially on Instagram, but also like on Facebook, they'll say like, hey, you know, type in code, you know, free giveaway in the chat and that enters them into their email list. And right. it's kind of this automated sequence, which like for a live show would be a lot of, you know, I've looked at maybe doing that, but then you kind of lose maybe some of that authenticity and maybe that personal touch because they're going to a chat. What are your thoughts about using those kind of things to automate building your email list? 
there's some cool tools that will let you do that kind of thing. And I, and I think it's, again, I think it's so important to find ways to take your audience from your, whether it's your Facebook lives, your Instagram lives, or just your Facebook posts and getting them off of these platforms onto your email list is exactly what Facebook and, you know, all these other, they don't want you doing right. But mm-hmm. you got to find ways to do that. Those, those automated tools are great, but here's where I would say, make sure that you don't mess it up is when you get somebody type in a comment that will then put them on their email list, have a sequence ready so that they get an email from you instantly. That is going to be in your voice and your, you know, being yourself mm-hmm. again, being personable. Um, you don't want them to just be stuck in a Facebook messenger, you know, automated bot. I don't, I think those are really cool when they first came out and, and I think people saw a lot of success, but now people want that. They don't want, to feel like they're just stuck in an AI loop or talking right. to AI. So use that tool, get them in your sequence and then send them those emails that you've written that, yeah, are, I, that are you. I think that's a great, cause I think it's really handy to say, Hey, you know, um, you know, type in Descript 101 to be, get a, a free email sequence about my Descript course. Right. right. And it does that. But then it, those emails that come out are in my voice be, and not just, I've seen like, there's some other podcasters who use it for like a guide or something like get my free guide yeah. or my, you know, here are my top, you know, gifts uh, for, for guys on Amazon for the holidays or something like that. I think right. getting that friction thing done really quickly is really cool. But then you've got to make it so it's one technically legal and you don't break. You, you mentioned some you got to be careful about some of those bots because Facebook doesn't like certain things and they can change the rules on you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I had I tried mini chat a couple of years ago and um, I'm still not sure what we did wrong, but we got you know banned from using Facebook Messenger for a couple of days. Um because the mini chat bot was sending, I think probably it was just because we sent so many messages with it mm-hmm. um, because of the, the size of the audience. But yeah, you have to be really careful with these automated tools. And there's some rules coming out. Uh, Google is going to start enforcing some things for uh, email marketers this year. So um, you got to make sure you follow these, even now Google's new rules about you know being authenticated um, and having some things set up in your DNS so that they know you are a legitimate sender. Uh, be real careful. You don't want to end up in the spam folder or the promotions tab and just lose your audience that way. Yeah, that's a great point that we didn't even get into the different sections of Gmail, which is yeah. interesting. And Rich here says here, he goes, uh, I hate the comment to win CDAs. It seems like a ton <laughs> of scammers troll those uh, and DM the heck out of responders. So uh, that is a great point as well. And I, I want to know what your thoughts on this. Gary said, uh, if you're big into email for your business, make sure that your email server has DMARC turned on, prevents hackers from hijacking your server, and only a fraction of business owners enable DMARC, leaving them very vulnerable to spammers. Is that if you have your own email server? Is that what he's talking about? No, that, that's what kind of what I was alluding to. There's okay. the DMARC and some other things that you, uh, these are now going to be requirements, whether you're on ConvertKit or MailChimp. Um, if you have your so my emails are sent from powwows.com, even though they're mm-hmm. being sent through ConvertKit. So with that, having my own domain, sending the emails, Google and others are going to require you to have a DMARC turned on, as well as some other things in your DNS to prove who you are. Um, there, there's some other things that like verified senders so that um, these platforms know that here are the services that can send on your behalf. So like if you're using ConvertKit, Gmail wants to know, okay, if, ConvertKit sends 100,000 emails from powwows.com. It's legitimate. And so you have to put that in your DNS now. Mm. Interesting. So I'm sure ConvertKit will have a walkthrough with this and start like moving people in because this is their business. 
Yes, and then they've um, they've started sent, talking to some folks about it. Um, it. It's already in their tool. They it's been in there for a long time, uh, but it's kind of complicated right now. So um, yeah, they're going to be sending out some emails here, I think, shortly because the rules are coming quickly. Mm, okay, very very cool. Yeah, because that's something that you don't want to get on the the wrong side of. Uh, Gary says it enables hackers to launch ransomware attacks from your email, uh, yes. ruins business reputations. And so Gary uh, says he has a podcast episode about it on small business matters. Gary, uh, drop that in to the comments and I'll make sure to point to that in the show notes. And when we put it out on the website, that would be a great resource for people to go check out. Um, and so kind of as we wrap up this, uh, the, the kind of the end of our time, once again, I, this stuff flies by because I think it's fascinating and you do such a great job explaining it, Paul. Um, but what do you think of some like um, where email is heading? Like, first of all, before we get to that one, I want to talk about like the practices of culling your list. Like we kind of touched on it a little bit. Like how often do you need to do that when you're first starting out? Because I know a lot of people are like, I've got, you know, 5,000 subscribers. If I call my list, I'll only have two, like, and <laughs> I only have 2000 then. So what yeah. do you tell people who are scared to go through and like, if, you know, take away the people who are not opening their emails? So again, I, I have a, a scheduled task and I prune my list quarterly. Um, I live by to-do list. So, that, you know, I just make sure I, schedule it so I remember it. Um, so I do it quarterly and I, um, in convert kit, there's a, uh, a tag that is automatically created, um, that it's called cold subscribers. And so it's based on if somebody hasn't opened or clicked on it, one of your messages in three months. So it is really scary. When I first started doing this, I didn't like it. And I, you know, I let my email subscribers run way up. Here's a couple things to keep in mind. One, if they haven't opened your email in a while, they're not your people. I mean, they, right. you, you're no longer, you know, uh, resonating with them. They're not reading it. It's okay. You only want people on your email list that are your people and are engaged in your content. So it's okay to remove them. Um, last time I called my list, I, I unsubscribed 15,000 people. Oh my God. That is scary. It is scary to lose that many people. But the other part is yes, these, all of these, platforms charge you by how many subscribers you have. So it's going to keep your, your cost down, but it's also going to boost your open rates because you don't have another 15,000 people that aren't opening anything. Um, so you, you want to do that, you know, you want to really print it. So in the way I do it is, and ConvertKit has some automation that helps with this is, so I send out an email that says, Hey, I noticed you haven't opened my email in a few months. It's okay. Uh, I miss seeing you. I hope you'll come back if you want to stay on the list, click here and then the automation will make sure that they're taken off the cold subscribers list. But if not, it's okay. And thanks for being a part of the powwows.com community. And then, so if they don't click on that link within a certain time, they're unsubscribed. Mm. That is scary for a small potatoes, <laughs> 15,000. Wow. Um, so, okay. So the last question, where do you see email marketing heading? Uh, like with the, all this AI stuff that's coming out, Dustin kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, are there any other things you're seeing like it's going to happen in 2024? Other, you know, uh, Gary mentioned the DMARC stuff that's coming. Is there anything else that you yeah. see on the horizon for email marketing and marketers? I, I, I see more and more people starting to talk about email. I think with all these algorithm changes and, uh, organic reach down on Google and Facebook. I think people are finally coming back to email and I think it's, there's going to be a lot of focus and attention on email. So I, I, what I see the trend is, is that more people are going to be sending emails. So it's even more important that you are writing emails that 
engage your reader. You don't want to be lost, not just in the spam folder, you, but you don't want to be lost in the inbox. You want people to look forward to your email. So I think it's super important. And then, you know, with, I think there's gonna be so many more emails being sent out this year because everybody's kind of going back to this, mm-hmm. going back to the basics of email. So if you're going to, if you're going to create like a, a broadcast message, you know, where I went back to, like, I send something on Tuesday, right. I send something on Thursday, start being really consistent with that so that people know when to look forward to it. Angie Robinson, I know that she sends her email at the same time every week. I, you know, I look forward to her, her message. I know when it's going to be there in my inbox. So once you can have that kind of established, the same thing is, you know, people know that social media news live is on Fridays at a, you know, right. Thursday, um, yeah. Yep. It, they look forward to it. Right. So, um, be consistent with it and then make sure you're engaging with them. Cause it's, it's going to be, um, the competition in the inbox is going to be increasing this year, I think. Mm. Yes. It's, it, it seems like it's increasing everywhere, but yeah. if you're doing it right and you're doing some of these best practices that Paul has been mentioning, uh, this is a great way to start out your 2024. We've got some great comments. Uh, Gary says this, he says with uh, Google eliminating third party cookies, owning your own list is shifting into primary focus, which I uh, believe is true as well, Gary. And then Dustin goes, isn't it funny how many email marketing is dead articles have been, uh, have been and there yet it all lasts out all the other channels, which is very, very true. So if you're not doing it, it's what's, what's that saying that there, the people say like, the best time to plant a tree is like, you know, a year ago, but the second best time is today. So it's that kind of a thing. So like, if you haven't done it, it's okay. Everybody starts at zero. Um, but this is a great day to start. Rewind this, listen to some of the other stuff that Paul has. If you're going to be in Florida on the 24th, come and ask Paul and my, and me your questions. Cause we're going to have a meetup at jeffc.com forward slash podcast meetup in Hollywood studios, meeting the incredible folks over at Ecamm and Mediavine is sponsoring as well. Um, come hang out with us. It's just going to be such a fun day. What else could be other than, you know, hanging out at Star Wars, you know, Galaxy's Edge with your friends, talking shop, eating food. Oh, my gosh. And write it off for business expense. Come on. You can't do better than that. So come meet us uh, at uh, the meetup at jeffc.com forward slash podcast meetup. And thanks to our sponsors, Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They are amazing group of folks over there and they will make this show um, possible. Gary says very informa- informative chat today, guys. Thank you, Gary, for your great questions and comments for everybody stopping on. But before we go, I want people to find out more about Paul Gowder, the amazing Paul Gowder. Where can people find out more about you and what you're doing, Paul? Yeah, please come on over to paulgowder.com. Um, I've already got um, one course on giveaways. I'd love to check that out. I've got some mm-hmm. other courses coming in the next couple of months on some email practices. We're going to be talking about kind of how to build your first sequences. Um, but also come over and let's talk more. You know, Gary asked some great questions about DMARC and the loss of cookies. There are some things you can do right now. There's some tools out there that you know, I can help you with. Um, the loss of cookies is going to be big to anybody who is running ads on their website. Um, it's going to be very important that you do have these tools ready and have your emails set up in the right way. Um, so I'd love to help you out. Um, and I also have a, a program for anybody who's looking to kind of jumpstart their email list. I'd love to help you out. It's all over there at paulgatter.com. 
And he is amazing. He's helped out a lot of people. A lot of people are in the audience as well. Uh, Amy Key says, awesome episode. Thank you both. Thank you, Amy, for being here today. Thank you, Gary, for being here. Thank you, Dustin, Discord coach. Uh, she says she is ready to take some action, which is awesome. I think this has been a kind of a, a great, not wake up call, but encouraging episode for us all to like, okay, let's get personal about our email. Let's start doing this the right way. And I mean, Paul's got the growth to prove it that it works. So um, thank you, Paul, for being here. Thank you guys for showing up and we will see you guys all next week. Bye, everybody. Social Media, Social Media News Live.